Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Some untrue allegations have been made about Red Pill Torah. We need to set the record straight. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. We don't do gossip at Red Pill Torah. We want to get the facts out. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. And the Bible is all about Yeshua, our Messiah. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Nevada and the Netherlands. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Red Pill Torah is an outreach ministry of B'nai Ephraim, Messianic Ministries, and Assembly. So, Miss, I think there's a misunderstanding about us that's circulating around. Can you imagine? People are talking about Red Pill Torah, and it's not good. Hmm, it's interesting. Maybe I can see a misunderstanding about Red Pill Torah, but someone saying that it's not good? People used to believe in innocent until proven guilty. Now people seem to prefer guilty by accusation. What is this misunderstanding this time? Well, some people think that we're trying to lure listeners away from believing in the Son of God. Mm. Some feel that we teach law and works, not salvation by grace. It's as if we want to pull people into bondage to the law. The more we talk, the more they say that they feel like we're judging them. Yeah, I've heard that before. Some people quote the scriptures as saying, we are not under the law, but under grace. They also say that Jesus fulfilled the law so we wouldn't have to, or the law is a curse, or God knew we couldn't obey the law, so he sent Jesus to do away with the old laws. Wow. Well, now let's be clear about a few things. First of all, we are fully persuaded that Yeshua of Nazareth, whom many call Jesus, is the unique divine son of Elohim. At Red Pill Torah, we strive to use the names that we were given in the scriptures because the Hebrew names have meaning that is usually lost in translation. We don't condemn people who call the Messiah Jesus. I can hear some of the Christians I've spoken with saying that they were saved at the name of Jesus or they cast out devils in the name of Jesus. So, if we accept that they're talking about the same Messiah that we're talking about, Who's judging who? Hey, good question. I've heard some people complain that we speak in English in America, so that's why we call Jesus, Jesus. Here in America, no one calls Jesus Yeshua. I think what he meant is many believers are unaware that the name Jesus is a Greco-Roman rendering of the Messiah's actual name, Yeshua, which is a shortened form of the full name, Yehoshua, which means Yehovah's salvation. Amen. They have such a strong faith in what they've learned and experienced that they are unwilling to hear anything that might call to question what they've learned. You know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's clearly good to hold on to the word of Elohim, Mm -hmm. also known as the word of God. The bad thing is that it can make it hard to grow if one assumes that they know everything they need to know. Acts 19 tells us about 12 men in Ephesus who had a solid foundation, but they needed something more. Reading Acts 19 from verse 1, it says, While Apollos was in Corinth, 
Paul completed his travels through the inland country and arrived at Ephesus, where he found a few disciples. He asked them, Did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, when you started believing? No, they said. We have never heard such a thing as be the Ruach HaKodesh. In that case, Paul said, Into what were you baptized? The baptism of Yochanan, or John, they answered. Paul said, Yochanan practiced a baptism in connection with turning from sin to Elohim, but he told the people to put their trust in the one who would come after him, that is, in Yeshua. Upon hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Yeshua, and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them, so that they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. In all, there were about twelve of those men. So, Tim, what if these twelve men had said to Paul, We don't need to be baptized into Yeshua. We're fine, because we heard the message from John the Baptist himself. I don't think they would have received the Ruach HaKodesh against their will. Mm. They heard the word and mixed it with faith. Because our Elohim is gracious, he baptized the twelve men in the same Ruach HaKodesh who baptized the apostles in Acts 2 and the house of Cornelius in Acts 10. So some might say that Red Pill Torah is not the Apostle Paul, and that would be a true statement. We're not Paul, but we testify that we were sent by the same Ruach HaKodesh who ordered Paul and Barnabas separated for his purpose. That's why we urge our listeners to be like those noble Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verses 11 and 12. Now those Bereans listened to Paul, they checked the scriptures to see if what they heard was true, and then made a decision about what Paul said. When you listen to Red Pill Torah on Podbean or the internet, you can stop the tape, you can find the scripture we mentioned, read it for yourself, and then you decide. Now, sometimes you may even want to check a Hebrew dictionary or an accurate book of history. In any case, you must grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. And don't be thrown off by the Hebrew. More on that later. I hope we answered any questions about whether or not we're trying to pull people away from the Messiah. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, we are compelling people to cling to him. Amen. The other accusation was that we teach law and works, not salvation by grace. Daddy, I think the scripture in Titus chapter 2 might shed some light on how we understand the grace of Elohim. I'll start reading at verse 11. It says, For the grace of Elohim, which brings deliverance, has appeared to all people. It teaches us to renounce godlessness and worldly pleasures, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives now in this age, while looking forward to the fulfillment of our hope, which is the appearing of the glory of our great Elohim and the appearing of our Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. So, Mama, let's break that down just a little bit. Okay, Daddy. The reading starts by saying, the grace or goodness of Elohim brings deliverance. In other words, we can be delivered because Elohim is so good, period. If he wasn't good, we would have no hope of salvation. This extreme goodness of Elohim has appeared to all men. And when the Bible is speaking about Jehovah Elohim and it uses the word all, we know that all means all. Mm -hmm. No person will stand before Jehovah and say, I never saw your grace or your goodness. Titus 2 says that Jehovah's grace teaches us something. In short, 
It teaches us to live right. That includes renouncing ungodly ways and worldly pleasures while living disciplined lives. Now the question is, where do we learn which ways are ungodly? What are the worldly pleasures that we should be concerned about? Some people might say that worldly pleasures aren't so bad, and that's why they're called pleasures. <laughs> but, hey, where can we go to learn what it means to be self-controlled, upright, and godly in this age? The Apostle Paul wrote the New Testament book we know as Titus. What did Paul typically use as reference material for his writings? Did he say, hey, check out my letters to the Ephesians? I wrote it about two years ago. Did the noble Bereans read Paul's letters to be sure he was telling the truth? We know that Paul used the Torah, the prophets, and the writings as source material for his letters. The prophets urge Israel to return to the ways of the Torah, and the writings expound on the precepts taught in the Torah. So that means the scriptural basis for godly living is found in the Torah. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the Torah so important to study. If we read the prophets, the writings, and the New Testament without understanding the Torah, we will likely leave with a skewed understanding of God's instructions. By reading just the New Testament, we don't know what Elohim declared as an eternal ordinance, or why his people don't eat things like blood, or pigs, or other things. And we don't have a basis to recognize how so many forbidden practices have been interwoven into Christian worship and even the holidays. At Red Pill Torah, we do our best to share what the Ruach HaKodesh inspires us to share. And it's not our intent to turn off any believer. Mm -mm. We hope you'll forgive us if we haven't been clear about our intent. And we want to urge you to take a closer look, not just at us, but at yourself and your walk with our Heavenly Father. We are not the judge of your salvation. You must work that out for yourself. If our reading from the Bible troubles you in some way, please pray about it. Remember the grace and goodness of Elohim. Would he give you instructions to follow that are too hard for you? If his instructions were too hard, would he then have his servant Moshe say that the instructions are not too hard for you, like in Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 14? Would he then send his son Yeshua, who said he did not come to destroy the law, and that the jots and tittle in his word would outlast heaven and earth? And after all that, would he send the Apostle Paul to overturn the whole Bible and start a new religion, not based on Jehovah's original instructions? What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill? and choose your own standards for self-control and a godly lifestyle? Or would you take the red pill and seek for the Father's standard for a holy lifestyle and then live it? Only you can answer that question. Our salvation is not an event, just getting saved one time. It is a journey with our Savior. On our journey, we learn more about His ways and grow closer to Him as we apply His ways to our lives. At B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly, and at Red Pill Torah, we are persuaded that Yeshua of Nazareth is the Messiah, the King of Israel. Mm -hmm. We hope to talk more about His goodness, His grace, and His salvation on the next podcast, as Elohim will allow us. Well, Daddy, that's all we have time for today. Mm. Stay tuned for an important announcement at the end of this podcast. And thanks for listening to Red Pill Torah, where... You can 
handle the truth. Shalom, everyone. We want to announce a special event sponsored by B'nai Ephraim, Messianic Ministries, and Assembly. On February 17th, our Erev Shabbat gathering will feature a special guest. That guest is the one and only Dr. Miles Jones. Dr. Jones is an internationally renowned Bible and language scholar. He will be teaching about the Hebrew Gospels and early church history. For centuries, many have taught that the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament were all written in Greek. Now we know that that's not true, and we know why it matters. Learning these answers will strengthen your faith in Yeshua and equip you even more as a minister of His Basura, His Gospel. Learn about the foundations of our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The date is February 17, 2023. The time is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The place is online. All you need is a good internet connection and access to Zoom. If you want the link to join this teaching, email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Red Pill Torah is an outreach arm of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Find us on the web at www.bemma.org. There are a limited number of slots for this upcoming event. So email us as soon as possible. Shavuotov. Shalom.